daughter of a hellraiser, a daughter of an old Tom Cat. I was playing the piano in a honky tonk before you bragged about that. It's just a song about hard, hard living. It's a song I'm living in. If a rough road goes there, you can bet I'll win. Hey, podcast uh, listeners, this is Lucky Day. Lucky Day. I'm. Yeah, Robbie Folks has been on the show, I don't know, four, five times maybe, twice in person that I can remember, and two or three times on the phone. Uh, he he comes back today. He's just one of my favorites. He's, uh, I don't know, if you've listened to all of the archives, you know how I feel about him. If you haven't, you can check him out uh, on the archives at WFMU.com org slash michael but his new album is called wild 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 and it's a collaboration with linda gale lewis who is jerry lee lewis's sister a much younger sister uh, but she started in the very late 60s singing some duets with jerry lee and then made her own records and she's she plays quite a bit she's huge in europe where she seems to go several times a year to, to play and to tour and uh, this record with Robbie Folks is so far record of the year. I think this is going to be the record of 2018, the best single record, uh, my favorite record. Uh, so, of course, I'm just chuffed. I'm pleased that I was able to get them both down uh, and, uh, on the phone and, and tell them, talking about making it in the process behind uh, writing songs and recording it and stuff. Uh, I hope you have. I've been playing it in the, in the past few weeks. Hope you've been enjoying it. Uh, you can pick up your copy. Of course, it's on the Bloodshot Records label. Uh, they're going to do a, a, a tour. They're in the middle of a short tour, and then it sounds like uh, they're going to go on a longer tour, hopefully near you. So keep your ears peeled. Um, check out WFMU.org slash Michael for the list of upcoming guests and, of course, all the archives of all the old shows. And uh, I hope this pleases you as much as uh, it pleased me. Robbie Folks and Linda Gale Lewis. All right, there it is, folks. Round too long from Wild, Wild, Wild. We've been playing this record all morning, all all summer. Robbie Folks and Linda Gale Lewis join us on the line. I would like to just just start off by saying this is the best record I have heard this year. It's a fantastic record. Congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it, it's kind of you know, and I'll say I don't mind saying this, but I had my doubts before the record came out because so often, <laughs> yeah, this is a so hard. Often it's not the best the record of the year. <laughs> well, most records aren't. So that's true. <laughs> but it's it's a hard thing to do to 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 combine two people and to make a record for uh, someone legendary like Linda. And I don't know, it's just it's a it's a total home run, uh, best record of the year. How? Uh, now let me just make sure I got this uh, right. You guys had the same booking agent in Sweden, and he put you on a tour together. Is that how you, it started, Linda? Is that right? That's right. That's right, isn't it, Robbie? Uh, that's right. And uh, it was a uh, not a happy time for me, except that I met Linda. <laughs> I was like, I was like uh, <laughs> depressed in Sweden, and there she was across the hall and uh, in a good mood, as she always is. And so uh, we hit it off. Uh, I would say in the first, you know, couple minutes of talking to one another. Linda, what were your first impressions about Robbie? Because I think Robbie is like kind of a one in a million uh, performer. Well, here we go. Singer, songwriter. Uh, what did you think when you first saw him? Had you ever seen anybody like Robbie Folks? I never have. And, and you know, I was a fan from the recordings. 
and from the songwriting end of it and from his singing on record. But when I saw him live, then I became a bigger fan because it's absolutely the greatest show in the world to see Robbie live. He's talented. He's funny. He's got these wonderful songs that he's written that he's singing and playing. It was just the most amazing experience. And it happened to me here in Sweden. Yes, he's he's solid all the way through, I would say. Uh, Robbie, let's talk about seeing Linda. I would assume from the record, the singing style and the piano style that live, it's very magnetic. That she does. Yeah, the first uh, the first time that I saw her play, you know, with my eyes, because uh, like she said of me, I was a fan of hers on record for a long time. But uh, we were... Um, we were uh, in a studio and she was doing an overdub on a record and she was just sitting at some uh, digital keyboard doing a solo. And uh, in other words, what I'm trying to say, it wasn't the best circumstances like acoustically or, or something like that to hear somebody play the piano and an overdub coming out little speakers and playing digital piano. But her something about her feel on it just like right away announced that she wasn't a person that you know, sat down and learned from some official program that she had some unusual, she had something unusual going on in her, in her fingers, in her mind and her, in her background. And of course, so I'd like to think if, if I hadn't known that she was in that special family from that special place in time, that there was still something going on with her, with her attitude and her approach. It was just uh, a little bit mysterious. I'll, I'll always remember that first time I heard her. And of course she ended the solo with a, uh, glissando and she did this sort of Lewis style glissando and as she did it she kind of wheeled around on the on the, um, the seat that she was sitting on and laughed at the <laughs> whole thing at herself and the solo <laughs> and at us and she broke out in a huge <laughs> laugh and I love that too right away yeah well Linda is at sort of the right she was born in the right time that she kind of has a, a solid foot in in the the past and a real legitimate uh, air to that and also young enough that she is a contemporary artist and still I think you know is completely in the here and now and I think that's a really interesting uh, an interesting place to be Robbie you say in the liner notes that it's absolutely in her genetic code right I think so I mean I think genes among other things probably what I was hearing uh, uh, but foremost yeah something something in the blood is what I was hearing that day and I've heard Ever since, because uh, I always say it's like not like she she can play fancy when she plays that boogie woogie style, but she can also play super simple. She plays these notes on a record on a song on a record called Foolmaker. It's just like a couple, three four, little churchy notes on that tune. But but man, I I, I don't think anybody else could have played it quite the same way. Thank you, Robbie. Oh, Linda, when you so you saw this guy, you guys immediately were drawn to each other. So when did it evolve to, hey, let's make a record together? Whose idea was that? That was Robbie's idea, and I thought it was a great idea. Yeah. Well, I love how the record holds together. It's so varied. I mean, there's some, you know, rock and roll that you think the tone arm is going to, you know, come off the record. It's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's so hot. All right. And there's some killing songs and cheating songs and biographical songs and sacred songs and some tastefully chosen covers. It's really, really well-rounded record. Did you guys record more than what's on the record? Yeah, good question. We recorded, I think we ended up with three or four extras. I can't remember exactly how many. And the reason we did was it was... Okay, I remember the duet tune of You and Annie and uh, and Lion Mm -hmm. to Nine. I can't remember what the... What were the other two? 
isn't it too just heartbreaking and lie? Oh, you, you said lying and I though, didn't you? you you'll oh, end up uh, being right. It's probably three. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, now and then there's a fool such as I. <laughs> oh, fool such as I. That makes it four. Yes. Yeah, that was a that was a great take. That that was the one that hurt me the worst. I think to leave off, but it was starting out as a Linda Gale record, not as a duo record, and so. Um, when it changed to a duo record, uh, that that uh, that uh, had us drop off the one duet, you know, since it was a duo with somebody else, with with Annie Mae, and then uh, you know, just having extra is good. Having extra assures a better record in my mind. Sure, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize it started as a Linda Gale solo and then sort of evolved into what it is. Robbie, we should point out that you produced it, and I think you wrote seven of the songs or so. And I want to point out, too, let's 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 mention this, that Robbie has a new record out called Revenge of the Doberman 53 Songs, <laughs> exclamation point. And uh, there are 53 songs. You can buy it on Robbie's website, which is, I think, RobbieFolks.com. But... There are three versions, uh, kind of earlier versions of songs that appear on this record, kind of demos and stuff. I know that, I think the last time I talked to you, Robbie, you said you try to go and write songs every week and kind of force yourself to work. But how many songs were written just for this project, just for Linda and you? Uh, just for Linda, boy, I couldn't say because uh, not all of them ended up being used, but so they're, I don't know, probably 10 or something like that. Oh, okay. And did you do you write on piano in this case? No, I'm a terrible piano player. Um, That's what I figured. No, I just yeah, I just wrote them all on guitar. That's interesting, L- Linda. The harmonies seem so natural and so uh, mm. j- yeah, really natural is the word. I mean, they're so unpersnickety. You know, there's it's just right there. Was it? Did it just happen when you guys opened your mouths, or was there some work to it? Well, it just it just happens, and because you know. My brother is a great country singer. He's done some wonderful country music, and I harmonized with him. And Robbie is also a great uh, singer for country music. And when Robbie is singing, uh, it reminds me of when, you know, Jerry and I did those songs like Don't Let Me Cross Over and We Live in Two Different Worlds. And, and so it, I, I found it to be just a real joy to sing uh, with Robbie. I agree. As the more I listen to the record, the the more I'm kind of appreciating the looseness of it all, but the tightness of it. There's sort of a, you know what I mean? There's just a wonderful, uh, just the way the harmonies work together are great. And that's because you're both great singers. Uh, uh, Robbie, it must be great to write uh, for another character, sort of, a female character. Uh, get to write songs that you could never sing yourself. Well, that's exactly right. And uh, in my memory, that when I was writing that round too long, which you mentioned and which you just played, um, I think the first thing that I had on the page was, uh, was, uh, put me in Kentucky when my time on earth is seized. Cause out of all the men who've hurt me, Jack Daniels hurt me least. And then, uh, which I like just as a clever line or a joke or whatever. And then I thought, well, what if Linda Gale Lewis was, uh, what if this is a song for her? And then uh, I just I just went out from that idea. So it started that way. But to go out from that to the biogra- biographical bit about, you know, I'm the sister of a Hellraiser and all that stuff. Um, super fun. Just super fun to write a song that you know nobody else in the world can ever sing. That, that, that to me, makes it kind of special. Yeah. Well, I can imagine it's incredible inspiration to when you're going to start writing a song to not have to think about you know how much you love your wife or whatever. You have this whole other page uh, to 
to start with. Uh, let me remind folks, uh, Linda Gale Lewis and Robbie Folks are our guests this morning. Their brand new record is called Wild, Wild, Wild. It's out on Bloodshot, and they're playing at the Hill Country Barbecue in New York City Thursday, September 20th. And uh, I cannot wait for this. Let's talk about the piano for a minute. Linda Gale Lewis, did you take piano lessons as a kid, ever? You know, I, as an adult, I took uh, piano lessons for a few months one time. I think it was three or four months. And uh, what happened was I ended up, instead of playing by note, I was listening to what they were trying to tell me and playing it by ear. So I said, what is the point of this? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm never going to remember all these <laughs> notes and all that stuff. So I just quit. Yeah, there- I gave up on that. There's some amazing piano playing on the record. Uh, there's some great piano soloing, like what Robbie was talking about earlier. Some, you know, some really fancy and tasteful uh, right hand stuff. But to me, the left hand is playing this kind of low, rumbly, boogie woogie kind of thing. And as a record producer, Robbie, I'm guessing that that is like great glue for a record. Yeah, that's something to stay out of the way of, right? That's something for the bass man to stay out of the way of. And uh, I think everybody, I mean, I'm kind of veering away from your question, I guess, but everybody uh, respected Linda so much that, uh, you know, which isn't always the case when when you're working on somebody's record, you know, but the respect in the room was was palpable. And uh, and it's uh, a lot of it's based on, you know, it's not based on biography or reputation or anything like that. It's based on the chops and what she's doing. She's just really a a brilliant pianist, both hands. Oh, absolutely. The piano playing on the record is amazing, and it's really unique. You just don't hear uh, piano playing like this that that fits in the song so well uh, on, on too many records. Let's talk about making the record. The core band, well, there's a, there's a bunch of musicians on it, but the core band on, on the majority of the songs, Alex Hall on the drums, who also engineered, he, mind-blowing, the guy never does anything wrong, uh, Scott Ligon mm-hmm. on guitar, and Casey uh, McDonough on bass, both who have been guests on this program, both who are in the the uh, current version of NRBQ. Uh, and that core band is just, you could not have picked better folks. Linda, were you, I mean, I assume you didn't know any of these guys, were you apprehensive, I'm going to go in a studio in Chicago and, you know, pick these kids, and uh, did or did you just, were you relaxed, did you know it was going to be amazing? Honestly, my daughter Annie and I both have so much faith in Robbie. We were just excited going there, and we never, ever thought it would be anything except really great players. And that's exactly what it was. Yeah. So was there a lot of rehearsal, Linda, or did you, did you guys just... Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Uh, I, did we ever rehearse, Robbie? I don't think no, we did. No, I don't think so. No, no. So you, we just you, went in and cut the song. <laughs> so you just met over at High Style Studios. Uh, Robbie, tell me about, tell everybody about High Style. What I mean, it's a, it's a pretty unique recording situation, right? Well, it's a little weird to dignify it with a name even because it's a loft in a uh, <laughs> apartment building. And uh, uh, unfortunately, they don't have an elevator. So you got to walk up quite a few flights of stairs and... Uh, <laughs> And carry your stuff up with you sometimes, not the piano, but uh, anyway, uh, it's it's a loft, it's a very small space, and it's a humble space, but they, they have a, they have just enough good gear up there, you know, like a decent upright bass, a good um, sort of, I guess that's a spinet, isn't it, that piano up there? Is that the size it is, Linda? It is, and it's similar to the piano that my brother played at Sun Studios. Exactly, which is why they uh, they picked that one out, I guess. And then they have a good B3, and so a couple, uh, just just enough 
to make it work out, but it's really uh, it's really kind of Spartan, simple and small. And did you record to a computer? Well, don't tell anybody. I hope this isn't on the radio, but yes, we did. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, it is, you know, it is. It sounds fantastic. Uh, yeah, th- that studio there is an amazing uh, high ratio of great records come out of that place, including the Cactus Blossoms, which was the best record of the year two years ago. It's, I mean, that's like, you know, Hal Blaine, Sadahura O numbers uh, coming out of that place. So uh, total shout out to that studio and those those guys Absolutely mind-blowing band. So tell me about the... It's really, it's just Alex. I mean, it comes down to Alex is what it comes down to, you know. The engineer. Yeah, exactly. So tell me about the work ethic. You, there, were, there was no rehearsal. I, Robbie would show a song or run down a song, and then you just start working it up. So how many songs a day did you guys get done? Well, I, I went into the recording sessions knowing the songs. Because okay. I, I did the songs a lot at home before we went into the studio. And I, I wanted to be really, and I love Robbie's songs so much. It was a real pleasure for me to sit down every day and sing them over and over again because I was just having so much fun with it. So I knew the songs when we went in. And uh, we would just all go in and just start playing and singing. It was gotcha. great. So Linda is a pro, Robbie. Uh, Robbie, I don't want to drop the musicians quite yet. Tell me, I mean, I, so the songs are fully formed. I don't imagine you're a guy who's, you know, stopping things for eight hours while you rewrite the second, you know, chorus of the song or whatever. Uh, the songs are done. You bring them in. But what do, what do musicians bring in this case of this record? What did they bring to the, to the songs, to the arrangements? Well, um, I, I guess I want to answer that in terms of what kind of always happens, at least when I go into work on something in the studio, which is that the songs are a blueprint. And yes, they're formed in the sense that the lyrics are, are written and probably won't change and, you know, the harmonics of it. Are, uh, are thought out, plotted out, but nothing is really, in my mind, nothing is known until the musicians start playing the song. And then you get a picture and you say, this is how it's veering based on what everybody thinks the song is and what everybody's bringing to, bringing to the table, which if you know the players well, you can imagine pretty well in advance, but you can never imagine completely. And so from that first uh, uh, run through that everybody does together, then you're in the position of inching it toward what it wants to be based on what you heard in that first performance. If it's miles from what you intended, then then sometimes I'm faced with this choice of either, you know, suddenly recasting it or trying to push it in a different direction than they just played it or just going with whatever, you know, came out of the minds of the people and trying to fall back in love with what it is now, which is yeah. different from what I brought in. It's funny you use the word casting because it's sort of like movies. Like casting is 90%. You, know, you just get the right guys in there and trust them. Well, that's really it because what comes out on that first pass is just 90% of what it's going to be. You know, most, I think it's probably true of actors in a play as well, but it's kind of fundamentally undirectable in the sense that <laughs> people aren't that directable outside of their, you know, their personalities and their, neurochemistry and their skill set. So uh, so the casting is just, yeah, maybe the most important thing in terms of the success of the, of the track. So anyway, on Linda's uh, record, which is how I consider it, Linda's record, I think that that held true. And, you know, in the Chicago sessions, Scotty in particular, uh, Legan, is a very dominant personality. So his B3 playing, for instance, on uh, your Red Wagon or Full Maker are responsible for making the song the way it sound the way it sounds like more than probably any other 
yeah. single piece, including me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a and just quite a musician. I mean, there's yeah. It's just it's it's not fair. <laughs> uh, it really isn't. Yeah. So, is there overdubbing on this record, Robbie? A lot or a little or none? Hardly any. But I got bronchitis toward the end of it, and so for the last session, which was in Texas, I should mention there were four sessions, and two of them were done with a different uh, group of players, except for Alex and me and Linda. Uh, in Texas. And uh, on the last of those sessions, I was planning to sing a couple duets with Linda, but we ended up doing it in that cockeyed kind of way where, you know, you leave off a vocal and then overdub it later, which is how we, which is less than ideal. But anyway, the bronchitis lasted quite a while, so we had to do it that way. But uh, other than that, I can't. Oh, and then Scott, there's a few uh, songs where Scott plays more than one instrument. So those are overdubs. Yeah, Linda's voice on the record is, uh, it's really just, it's just right there. She's just singing her ass off. I mean, that's just, there's no really. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Michael. Well, I, it must be hard to sit down, but yes, I mean, it's just, it's so good and it's, it, it, it's certainly not over rehearsed, you know? I mean, there's a kind of, it's almost dangerous quality to it all you know i mean it's so i give you such you know such props for that it's just that's one of my favorite things about this record were the younger guys the younger musicians just sitting there with their jaws wide open watching you cut the vocals linda (laughs) you know i i don't think so because i think of course everybody was doing such a wonderful job those players the people that robbie picked for the album they're they're all uh, just wonderful, and uh, we were just having a good time. I know yeah. uh, most of the time Alex was smiling at me when I could see him. I could see him a little bit in Austin. <laughs> he had to, he had to be separated from us a little, but yeah, everybody was just smiling and happy. It was great. Yeah, uh, what, Linda, was there any time during the making of this record where you said no about anything? I would never say no to Robbie because he knows ten times more than I do about all this stuff. So. Anything about music, I would never say no to him. Wow. Well, can I answer that question, too? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Equal time. There, there were a couple lyrics that she changed and, and improved, and she's really a lyric uh, attentive person. And in the smallest way, uh, an example from uh, Al Anderson's song and Bill Lloyd's song, it's a co-write called uh, It Came From The South. And the original uh, lyric was... Uh, uh, it scared a lot of people when it first hit town. They didn't understand it. They were putting it down. And she changed it to, uh, it scared a lot of people when it first hit town. They didn't understand what they were putting down. And so suddenly it's more grammatically complex, but it's also got a syllable less in it. It's easier to sing. And I thought, wow, that's a pretty smart move. I never thought of that at all. <laughs> and I didn't even notice that I did that. Well, it was, if it's intuitive, it's still smart. And so uh, she uh, she did a couple things like that on the record, uh, including with my lyrics. And she also said no. Uh, I think when I asked her um, to go uh, call up Jimmy Swagger and ask him to come <laughs> sing on the record. Wow. <laughs> Maybe for the best. Yeah, we wanted to come sing, sing with us on Jericho Road. And I said yeah. no. <laughs> well, he must be... He's not a young man. Speaking of not young men, how old is your brother Jerry Lee these days? Jerry will be 83 um, in September. Oh, that's not too old. He's a he's still a youngster these days. September of the 29th. He, he and Mickey and Jimmy, I believe, are the same ages. Huh. 
and and they are they are cousins. Jimmy is your cousin, is that right? He's my double cousin because my mother's sister married my daddy's nephew. Of course, <laughs> wrap your mind around that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get a spreadsheet going and we'll figure it out. Uh, uh, there's great choice of covers on this record. Did you guys jam on a bunch, or Robbie? Did you kind of have these all in your head uh, before you walked in there? I just had them in my head, I guess. The uh, Your Red Wagon, oddly enough, uh, I, I had this Mose Allison fixation because Mose had just died. And uh, in my mind, I thought, well, he's got a little, there's something in common between him and, and Linda. You know, they're not quite the same age, and they're not quite from the same place, but there's something in common there. And, uh, and I was just ri- uh, rifling through his catalog for several days and taking notes and writing down stuff. But we ended up with Your Red Wagon, and I kind of begged Linda to to do it with me. And, um, that's, that's probably my favorite cover on the whole thing. It was, uh, it just really jumped. And, uh, and I think that's conveyed in the, you know, in the product. Oh yeah. And the, the organ, like you said, the organ playing is just perfect on that. My favorite is without a doubt. It's who cares the Don Gibson song. Uh, Oh yeah. That too. (laughs) Which Don cut a bunch of times. A, A few people have cut it, but this version is crazy, partly because Red Volkert uh, plays guitar and because you, well, when I first got the record, I just got a digital promo of it. I didn't have the credit. So for, um, you know, a month or so, I was just listening to it, having no idea who was on it. And I thought you got the Anita Kerr singers back together to sing the back. <laughs> but, it, but if Casey and Kelly Hogan are doing something just mind-boggling uh, background vocal work, tell us about Red Volkert, uh, Robbie, or or Linda, either of you, fight it out. Uh, well, Robbie, you you've known Red longer. Yeah. You know, I, I just loved working with Red, and the first time I met him at the Continental Club in Austin, I, I thought maybe he didn't like me or something. But then when I found out he was playing on my record, I said, I'm going to make sure he likes me. And you know what? We When we got in the studio together, we just really just hit it off. It was great, great chemistry. And I just think he's, he's a great in, guitar player. He's a little intimidating. He's got arms kind of like uh, Popeye or something. You know, just his <laughs> forearms are intimidating well, alone. I, Who, yeah, go ahead. he might have been tired when I met him or something, but he, he wasn't overly friendly. You know, I'm always bubbling and talking and... And he wasn't into that that night, <laughs> but he was in the studio. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty friendly guy normally. Well, who else cut? Who cares, Michael? Well, off the top, of my, my, my. You know, I'm a bear of very little brain. I will. Uh, I I have a few versions of them. I'll email them to you when the show's over, Robbie. I pr- oh but yeah, I pr- I'd lo- I'd love to know. Right after I cut this part out of the interview, I'll uh, I'll email them <laughs> to you. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, have you got a favorite song that's on the record? Oh, wow. You know, it's so hard for me to choose, but I'm pretty sure, you know, it's always going to be I Just Lived a Country Song because to me that's just one of the greatest country songs ever written. And and when I first heard that, when Robbie sent it to me, I just fell out. And I told my daughter Annie, we were listening to it in the car, and I said, this is going to be the best song on the album. (laughs) But I, I also really, really love the song Memphis. And we, we did, it was so special when we cut that live in the studio with the horns playing and Robbie had his banjo and um, Scott was playing that wonderful guitar and Casey on uh, bass and Alex on drums. That, that was just a wonderful moment in my life that I will never forget. And I love that song so much. Yeah, Memphis Never Falls from Style. Uh, I didn't know again till I had the record in my hand that Robbie's playing the banjo on that. Didn't know you could play the banjo. And my version of my CD has uh, 
a cuss word bleeped out. Is it bleeped out on all the versions? <laughs> yeah, we had one version. We just a beat it for a while, me and Alex, and Linda wasn't there, but we, we talked about, do we want her to say, is it funnier to hear her say, or is it funnier to hear the bleep? And uh, they both sounded great, and ultimately it was like flipping a coin, but that, that bleep sound just reminds me of the Johnny Cash at San Quentin album all the time in the old days of, you know, the party albums or whatever, when you'd hear that noise. I, I kind of miss that noise, you know, especially a lot of, a lot of those hip-hop songs could use that bleep, Michael. I, I don't want to sound like I'm 80 years old, but... Uh... <laughs> It'd just be one long bleep. But so that is part of the... Ma- <laughs> the part of the master is that bleep, yes? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a fantastic song, yeah. And I Just Lived a Country song. Uh, Robbie sings uh, most of that one, I think, but it's a, that's such a Robbie Folk song. I mean, just from... From the first uh, second, you can. That is a Robbie Folk song, uh, exactly. Uh, you know, Linda, I wanted to thank you for because Robbie has been making these pretentious acoustic records that get nominated, <laughs> <laughs> that get nominated for Grammys, and uh, uh. and he kind of said, "Oh, I'm not going to use drums anymore," and you know. You know, no more pop music, no more rock and roll. I'm, it's all over. You oh know, my God. and you were able to lure him back into the studio to write some good music. And I want to thank you and the f- <laughs> from the, all that, of all that of the was fans because he wanted to help me. <laughs> Maybe it is. Perhaps he's a really nice guy. He's a good friend. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Uh, tell me about the show. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the show. Helping you anymore, Michael? This is our last. <laughs> You're helping me. Uh, Hill Country, New York City, <laughs> September twentieth, uh, Thursday. Who will the band be at this concert? Uh, me, Linda, and Red, and Alex, and uh, a guy on the string bass named uh, Bo Sample. And uh, will Annie be with us by that time, Linda? Or do you know when she's joining uh, us? I'm not. I haven't bought her ticket yet. Uh, of course, she she wants to be there from day one. You know, but um, she's got some other stuff to do. But I'm going to check on that when I get home. And is that your daughter, Linda? That's my daughter. Yeah, that's my little baby. And she she <laughs> adds a voice to this uh, the project. She'll be singing up. She helps me with everything I do because she knows me so well. And and you know when, when I'm recording something important like this album with Robbie, I had her there on almost all the sessions because she I think she missed one because of a death in her husband's family. But it was, um, it, she always would tell me, you know, how I'm doing. And, and I trust her, her judgment, too, because she, if I'm doing something that's not quite right, she'll say, you know, Mother, that's not quite right. And, and she's always right. <laughs> well, she's not and only Dr. Watson, but she's, she's also a, a real good singer, and she uh, sings on a lot of Linda's records. And she sang, as I mentioned, on our record before it became a duo record she did. And then she sings on our uh, on our live shows, at least when she's present, she does. Gotcha. Oh, uh, yeah. She, she's a wonderful singer. She was just over here with me. They, they insisted on flying her from Austin to sing with me on the Elvis Festival in Friedberg, Germany. And she was wonderful. Oh, cool. Uh, you travel a lot, Linda. I'm you know, looking at your, uh, your itinerary. You are, they love you in Europe. I mean, you must have a lot of frequent flyer uh, miles because you're just, you're always in well, the air. Well, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, are you guys going to... I, I do like it. Is there much of a tour? I mean, I, this besides this New York show, what, what, how, how much, how many shows are you guys doing, Robbie? We're doing uh, three weeks in September, I think it is, and then um, I guess a week or so in October, 
and then we're still waiting to see uh, what dates uh, are coming through for uh, spring of 2019. So uh, we're, we're just starting off with about, oh, I don't know, maybe 20, 20 or 21 dates or something like that and oh, getting it kicked off that way. Great. And Robbie, Midwest, East Coast. It sounds, I mean, especially with Red Volkert on the guitar and uh, Alex on the drums, it sounds like it's just going to be so fun. I mean, this record is, you know, I, I can only imagine with more energy that this will just be a, you know, a blood pressure medicine for the whole audience will be necessary. <laughs> uh, why? Yeah, I think it's going to be a great show. And we already did one with, uh, not with Red there, but with, uh, with uh, Scott on the guitar last summer. And it was just it was just fantastic. We played between now I'm trying to remember who was playing right before us. We played between a tribute band uh, in Chicago called Tributosaurus and uh, and Nick Lowe and Los Straight Jackets, and we we were better than anybody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, we were. <laughs> Those guys stink. Yeah, wow, that's heavy. That's he- that's some heavy to be better than Nick Lowe and Los Straight Jackets. I just saw them and they were fantastic. So. Wow. Okay, that's that's fighting words, but I I cannot wait. Uh, it's Thursday, September twentieth at uh, the Hill Country Barbecue, which has a restaurant that serves giant like Flintstone sized meat pieces. So bring your appetite, and uh, it's going to be so much fun. I want to hear "Wild, Wild, Wild," the title track. The first week I got this record, I played the first show. I played the song three times in one show. It's just oh god. It's perfect. Thank you, Michael. Oh, it's this song is a number one hit. I mean, it's so clearly a number one hit. Linda, do you remember what? Did you cut this song first or last, or where? where when did you cut it? Well, Wild, Wild, Wild. I think was the very last session we did in Chicago, wasn't it, Robin? I think it was. Yeah, the second of the two Chicago sessions. I think so. Yeah, it just sang itself. It's real easy to sing and a real simple song. But there's some great, you know, guitar and piano interplay, and the harmonies are great. And like I said, the record, the needle jumps off the record. It's just perfect. Well, one, as long oh, as you're I love playing the drum. it. Yeah, the drums oh, are perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The drum intro. And then, of course, you can hear at the end of the guitar solo how he untunes his low yeah. string. Yeah. And then you can hear how there's no guitar for a few bars as he tries to tune it back up. And then finally you can hear how he never does really get it back in tune. So on the last, on the last chord of the song... It's a little bit out of tune from that little incident in the middle. It's fun to listen to that, you know, yeah. take place. <laughs> yeah, it's a, the solo is, <laughs> is perfect. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, I want to thank both of you for taking time out of your busy lives to talk with us this morning. And I, I really, this is record of the year. Everyone should pick it up. It's on Bloodshot. And I can only imagine that the show at Hill Country on the 20th will be a a party. I, that's all I can imagine, and I, I personally cannot wait. Thank you, guys. It, it just, it's very kind of you. Thank you so uh, much, Michael. It's so nice. You're to the meet best, you. Michael. No, I'm not. All right, let's hear "Wild, Wild, Wild."
Sneakers.